Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Mindful Manager Podcast. My name is Art Burns, and I'm here to, as your host to talk about some uh, great information involving mindfulness and emotional intelligence, and really to, to discuss the benefits of these uh, wonderful skills and, and ways of living. Uh, but more importantly than that, and, and, and to discuss the, the wonderful impacts that these uh, skills and ways of living can have on our, uh, on our work life and in every area of our life, as, you know, as it ripples out out like uh, like ripples in a, a, a lake um, but but more importantly than all of this is is that we give here in this podcast we give practices actionable practices that can be uh, woven into your life you know immediately and without a whole lot of uh, a lot of training and a lot of understanding about you know traditional practices and stuff that is my specialty is to bring you know sort of boil these traditional practices which require years of dedication you know, I take all these and I boil them down into very simple, uh, you know, practices that, that people can put into use like immediately. And, and, and in doing so, we can cultivate the, um, at least a, a one level of these uh, wonderful skills and, and sort of attitudes of the mind of, of emotional intelligence and mindfulness. And so, so today I wanted to talk about, I want to kind of take a step back and talk a little bit about the basics of, of why we do this? Why, why do we study mindfulness? Why do we practice mindfulness? Why do we uh, cultivate emotional intelligence? What's the point of all of this? You know, um, for a lot of people, um, you know, when, when people think of things like meditation or, you know, uh, emotional intelligence, you know, we, we kind of think of the, um, you know, the calming effect that happens on this, or, or maybe it's a spiritual kind of awakening that we're looking at, you know, and this gets certainly, um, associated with, you know, yoga and, and different practices that are, you know, pretty mainstream, uh, in the world these days. And, and, and oftentimes the, what we, what we consider on this or what we sort of factor into this way of thinking is again, this sort of calmness of the mind and, and this sort of, um, alignment of the mind body, you know, space and, and this kind of thing. And, and these are not wrong. You know, this is absolutely not it's not incorrect. And, uh, and, and there's certainly a lot of value to, to, you know, contemplating, you know, the calmness of the mind that comes from these, these practices and, and certainly the alignment between our body and our mind and, and these, and the balance that we create through that alignment and how that helps us to live our lives on a way that's, you know, that's sort of happiness on our own terms. Um, you know, making decisions, uh, you know, towards that happiness and not away from it, you know. So, so these are very, very valid uh, reasons to practice and they're very valid, uh, you know, principles and philosophies and everything like that. And I'm not here to, to dispute these in any way, shape or form, okay. But what I want to talk about is, is even a little bit more basic than what, what these things are, right. So, um, you know, the, the fact of the matter is that, um, that no matter how you want to boil things down and no matter how much, how you want to sort of categorize things and, and sort of, you know, slice and dice things to, to compartmentalize into, into the, the understandings that we have about the world and, and our, our, you know, role in the world and where we fit into the world and all that kind of stuff. The bottom line is that we are motivated by emotion. Okay. And there's no way around that. Right. Um, you know, emotions, 
create a feeling in our body. And that feeling in our body is what motivates us to take action. Okay. And that's just, that's just how it is, right? That's how the, the human, you know, brain and, and, you know, and the rest of our body and the mind that exists within that body, it's the way it works, you know, and, um, and for, for better or worse, I guess you could say, right. Um, but, but the fact is that, that, you know, again, it's, it's, inescapable the the reality that that we are driven by our emotions okay and so so the reason why you know we would want to practice mindfulness and then and cultivate emotional intelligence through that mindfulness right because the two are very you know very much melded and inextricable from we, one from each other pardon me um, but the reason why we do this is because knowing that we are motivated by our emotions right we need to make sure that our emotions are accurate and and that we understand them right because otherwise we don't understand our motivations and and otherwise you know if if our emotions aren't accurate you know then we're being motivated by a false premise of some sort right which is which is only going to get us into a place of you know not an an honest and and sort of open place of understanding but instead it's going to get into into a place that is you know not open not understanding not not honest right and so so it's that's the reason why we you know why we practice these these uh these practices to to develop these skills okay because you know let let's look at at how you know when we're when we're not honest and open about our emotions right and and we don't have a clear understanding of them right then the motivation that we have, as I mentioned the other a few minutes ago, is that you know the emotion that the the motivation that we have, pardon me, then becomes sort of you know it's almost like shooting in the dark, right? Like like you have no idea, you know, why you're doing what you're doing. You have no idea, you know, what is the motivation behind your actions. You have no idea. You know, you have no idea about a lot of things at that point, right? And and this isn't to say that we're all walking around as these emotional messes and, and we have no clue as to where we're going. We're bumping into walls and stuff like that. You know, it's it's not to that sort of degree. But but the understanding of of everything that contributes to our emotions can can give us a laser focus on on you know what it is that we want versus what it is that we're working towards. And, and, and that alignment to me is the key to our happiness, right? And, and because when we can sort of, you know, squelch out all of the noise and all of the, you know, misunderstood emotions that are, that are motivating us, we can then really, like I say, we can then be hyper-focused in the, in the, you know, the motivations that we have and, and being hyper-focused into those motivations means that we're going to take actions that, that benefit us, that serve our happiness rather than sometimes the actions that we take, which might fight our happiness. Okay. And, and one of the biggest things that we can do to, to actually make this happen. And, and one of the most basic and, and important, most important, um, you know, reasons why we practice mindfulness or, or the goals of practicing mindfulness, if you will, you know, is to is to bring a non-judging awareness, not only to the happiness that we feel, right, or the good emotions that we feel, and also not only to the negative 
emotions and the sadness and the negative, you know, uh, you know, circumstances in which we find ourselves, right? The, the idea is also, and maybe even more so, um, the, it, more, more importantly, to bring the non-judging awareness to those times that are in between. Okay, to the to the times that are neutral in our life, because when we can pay attention to the neutral things that are happening in our life, right, where there's sort of, you know, maybe it could be seen as an absence of emotion, right, which there's never really an absence of, of emotion. There's some emotion always there, but but it's in the absence of these very powerful emotions of 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 happiness or sadness, right, or or you know, or satisfaction or anger or you know, whatever the two poles that you want to identify, right. The, when we're at the poles of our emotions, that's when our emotions are the strongest, right, and in between. <clears throat> is when the emotions are not as strong, okay? And so when we can pay attention to those in-between times, right, we start to practice and to cultivate this awareness that, you know, that allows us then to really recognize in clearer detail and more clarity, more contrast, more vividness, our stronger emotions. And then we can, once we have that understanding, we can then, you know, really sort of, of, you know, we can start to, to really accommodate those emotions and the motivations that come from them. And, and we can use that information and that, that accommodation to steer these things, almost like using your emotions to your own benefit rather than letting them, uh, you know, fight you and, and to guide you into places where you don't want to be. Okay. So, so what I'm talking about with, with, uh, neutral emotions, this is something that's always, you know, from time to time, I like to ask myself this question or just sort of, you know, um, kind of point this out to myself so to, to remind myself, because this is such an easy trap to fall into. So, um, let's say the last time you had a bad cold, right. Or a toothache or, or, or an aching back or, or something, you know, something in your body that was happening that was really causing you a lot of distress, right? And I mean, uh, uh, an aching back is a perfect example, right? Like, like if, if you know, I used to be prone to um, when I used to smoke cigarettes and drink a lot of alcohol and had a really bad diet and was also a hundred pounds overweight. I was very prone to back spasms, okay? And um, and when I would get a back spasm, you know, it would pretty much take over my consciousness. Like there was no, like everything that I experienced came through this experience of my back that was in such pain, right? And so if you've ever had a back spasm, anybody listening to this has ever had a back spasm, you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? Because it's, I think it's a universal thing with back spasms. It's just such pain that that's always there. It's constant. It feels like it never wavers. It feels like that. And I'm going to get into what the reality of that is in a, in a second, but, um, but, but it feels just so oppressive and overwhelming that, that literally it's like, every single bit of my experience has to come through this pain right and it's like it's like oh my gosh it's it's so hard to like to to concentrate on things to focus on things it's so hard to to enjoy anything you know like like your your meals are not enjoyable because of the pain in your back you're you know you can't even sit in a position like you can't even find a position that's not painful right so so any kind of you know um entertainment like listening to music or watching television or reading becomes very impossible because you're so distracted by this constant pain that you feel, right? 
And so, so one of the things that, that you always say in these kind of situations, and again, the same thing would apply to a, a toothache or a bad cold or a, you know, or even a stubbed toe for a, a, a briefer period of time. But, but the, the thought that keeps coming up in these situations when you're, when you're ailing from, a, from one of these physical um, inflictions, right? The thing that always comes up is like, oh my gosh, as soon as this back stops hurting me, I'll finally be happy or, or I can't wait until I'm finally through with this pain and I can live my life again, right? Like that's the, that, those are the words that go through our heads while we're, while we're in these kind of, uh, you know, these, these, you know, really uncomfortable physical states, right? And yet, yet this morning I woke up, <clears throat> right? And, and as bad as those back spasms used to be, and they really, really were that bad. Like it was like really, like I used to have to call in sick from work sometimes. You know, I'd, I'd cancel, you know, plans to go out with people because I just wasn't going to enjoy it, you know? And, and so as powerful as that was, I don't think there's a single morning that I've woken up, you know, until recently when I, you know, the last couple of years as I've been practicing this, this, you know, mindfulness, um, you know, I don't think there was a single morning where I ever woke up and I said, gosh, I am so happy I don't have a back spasm today. You know, or or I'm so happy that I don't have a cold today, or I'm so happy that I don't have a toothache, or a or a or a stubbed toe, or a or a you know a sore wrist, or <clears throat> what have you, right? Like like, and that's the point of mindfulness, right? The mindfulness as we practice it every single day, right? And we make it just part of our natural, you know, and it it becomes a thing where it's no longer practice. It just becomes like part of who you are, right? It's just part of your operating system, right? And the reason why we do that is because we're trying to pay attention on purpose in the present moment, non-judgmentally to every experience we have. Most importantly, perhaps the neutral experiences that we have, okay? Because when we can dwell in the positivity of a neutral situation, right? Because positivity being the absence of negativity, right? Like it's, it's not necessarily a happy circumstance that we don't have a backache, right? Like it's, you know, it's, it's really not something to celebrate because, you know, you got so much else going on in your life, right? But by the same token, it is something that is, you know, it, even though it might not be something to celebrate, it is also something not to, to you know, to feel sad about or, or regretful about, right? And so, and so when we can pay attention in that way to the neutral situations in our life, which most situations in your life are neutral, Right. And that's that's another thing that we tend to forget. Right. Like when we have a backache or, or a toothache or a headache or whatever it is or a bad cold, we think that that's our entire world. Right. Like, like how often have you had like a real bad virus and, you know, you're feverish and you're, you know, sick to your stomach and you're you're, you're achy all over your body. And, and it's almost like you feel like, oh, my gosh, I'm never going to feel not this way again. Like I'm always going to be in this misery for the rest of my life, right? Like that's a natural sort of thought that comes to our mind because it's so oppressive and so consuming. This pain that we're feeling, this discomfort, this suffering that we're going through is so consuming that we feel like this is it. This is the rest of our lives. I'm always going to feel this way. Like we can't even picture how it feels not to feel this way, right? And so, and that's because to a large extent, we don't pay attention to what it feels like 
to not feel that way, right? Like, like we're just kind of, you know, we, we kind of consider the, the positive and the negative sort of spikes of our, of our experiences as like the only things that are really happening, right? Everything else is just like, it is what it is. It's not, you know, it's just, it just lacks the intensity. So therefore it almost doesn't exist. And I hope that makes sense to you. If it doesn't, I'm going to give you a way to get in touch with me. We can talk about this more further, uh, more deeply. Uh, but, but the idea is that when we practice mindfulness, right, we pay attention as much to those spikes of, of, of emotionally charged times of the happy times in which we're feeling great and beautiful things are happening in our lives and the negative times where we're, where we're in pain or suffering from whatever ailment is happening, right? In mindfulness, we pay attention just as much to the to the times in between. And, and by doing that, this is where it gets really amazing is that you, you start to cultivate um, a level of, of sort of acceptance to, to, to the, the good and the bad times as well, right? Now, that does not mean acceptance like, okay, you know, I have a headache, so I'm not going to do anything to relieve my pain, right? Like, like that's not necessarily what I'm talking about. But what I am talking about is it's not saying like, oh my God, I have a headache. I have to take three Tylenol and, and get this out of myself, you know, <laughs> like, like, or, or ibuprofen, whatever it is, right? Like, like it's kind of in the middle. It's, it's sort of like you, you feel like, okay, it's not that I'm not going to do anything to relieve this headache that I have, right? But at the same time, I'm going to be almost curious about the headache and I'm going to, to start to really just, just be present with it. And, and by being present with it, I can, I can really understand that just like my back spasm, it's not all just one big, ugly, horrible pain that's happening. In fact, there's a coming and going. There's an ebb and flow to, to the pain. Right. And, and if you can be present with it and not, you know, because because, again, when you have a backache and you think, oh, my God, my life is terrible because of this back spasm that I'm having and, and I can't function in my life because of this back spasm. What you're doing in that moment is you're judging. Right. You're, you're judging the experience that you're having as being so negative that there's no way to find anything positive within it. Right. And I'm not trying to say that, that there's anything positive to find in a, in a backache. Like it, it sucks. It, it's no fun to have a, a back spasm. Right. However, it is possible to, to be, you know, to not be aversive towards it. Right. And and to and to allow it to just be what it is. Right. And, and if we can do that. Right. And again, this comes through the practice of paying attention to the times when you don't have a backache. Right. And when you can do this, then you can really start to look at it uh, with a clear and, and open mind. Right. As, as opposed to this, you know, again, this this sort of prism of, of a negative judgment about this thing. Right. And then something really wonderful happens. You realize that there is really this ebb and flow to it. Right. It's not just this constant pain. It's like a throb. It's like a pulse to the pain. Right. And in fact, because it's got a pulse and an ebb and a flow and, and a rhythm to it, you can really start to see that there are moments, you know, however brief they might seem, there are moments in which the pain isn't there, right? Even, even under the most excruciating circumstances, there are brief moments where the pain disappears, okay? And, and by, by practicing these, you know, these, these exercises that we talk about and developing this skill, because that's what it is. It's a skill that we can practice and develop. 
we become better at seeing those in-between times. And not only that, as we start to focus on those in-between times, we can sort of elongate them and, and expand them. Right. And so so therefore, when you're sitting there for, say, three hours of, of, of agonizing pain, right, you realize that in that three hours of agonizing pain, I'm just using three hours as just a general time you know, block. Right. I mean, sometimes, you know, a back spasm can last three days, you know, but but let's just say a few hours of, of feeling this pain. We can realize that with inside those those three hours or so you know, the actual time that we're really experiencing the pain is maybe like one hour out of that or one and a half hours out of that, right? And so, so in between those times, there's no pain. And then, and as we can focus on those times that there's no pain, then the times when the pain comes back, when it, when that, that rush of, of flow of the pain comes in, you know, that throbbing in your tooth or that throbbing in your back, when it comes back in, it seems like it's less oppressive and, and, and all consuming. Right. And, and then, you know, we can sort of, you know, we, we almost neg, you know, neutralize the, the effects of the pain in that way. You know, now I know this is, this might be a lot to, to sort of, you know, grasp when you're talking about pain, because so many of us are, are aversive to pain. And, and again, this is not something that's just you, right? Like, like, you know, every time you turn on the television or open up a magazine or, or go online, you're bombarded with, with advertisements that tell you that pain is something you got to avoid, right? <laughs> like, like it's something you got to do something about right away. Right. But, but really, is it, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's just pain. It's just discomfort. Right. And again, if, if we're, if we're not paying attention to the neutral times and not celebrating the neutral times, then the negative times of the pain seem like just ridiculously horrible. But, but if we're paying attention to the neutral times, maybe it's not so horrible, you know? And, and I'll tell you right now that, you know, again, I went from, you know, I used to like, when I get a backache like that, I would go out to, to CVS across the street from my apartment. <laughs> I'll never forget. And I would get like all manner of different, you know, pain medications that are, that are focused on the, the back, right? One was called Dones. And, and I remember after like, you know, eating fistfuls of this medication, then reading that, like, you know, the damaging effects that it could be having, having on my liver, especially if I drank, which I drank <laughs> a lot at the time, you know, and I would, I would be, you know, washing these pills down with beer and, and trying to just relieve this pain. And you realize the, the ultimate discomfort and, and, and damage that you're causing yourself in the, in the service of relieving your pain, you know, and that's where it gets like such a, uh, you know, just screws with your mind. It scrambles you all up because like how, you know, how can we be damaging ourselves further simply to relieve this pain? You know, now I'm not trying to say that all pain relief medications are bad for you. And of course, if I wasn't, uh, you know, if I didn't have the, 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 you know, the, the weakness of alcoholism at that time, right. Maybe, you know, the, the medication itself was not so much the problem. The, the alcoholism that I had and the aversion that I had to the pain was, was as much of the problem as the, as the actual medication. Right. So, but that's the point, right. If we can relieve that aversion that we have to the pain and simply, you know, hold it in a non-judging awareness. Like it's not, it's not bad what's happening to us. It's uncomfortable. 
it's unpleasant, it's, it's, you know, it's no fun, <laughs> I don't like it, but it's not bad, right? And when we can get to that point, and this takes quite a bit of practice, you know, to get to that point, especially about, you know, something that's, that's you know, very heavy pain, um, you know, when we can, then, then the pain just doesn't seem as bad. You know, and likewise, you know, when we have a really positive experience, right, like, like we, we avert the negative, you know, we feel aversive towards the negative experiences, right? Like, oh, no, 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 I feel this pain, I've got to push it away, I don't want this pain in my life right now, I've got to push it away. In the, in the same kind of way, we grasp onto the positive things, right? Like, like I, I went on this date with this person last night and, and I just saw fireworks and, and I just, I got to see her again. I got to see him again. I got to, I got to, you know, just grasp onto this. I can't let it go, right? Or, or, or just, you know, and this is at the heart of, of, of drug addiction and alcoholism. Like, oh my gosh, I love the feeling that I have when I'm, when I'm buzzed on, on this, you know, alcohol or whatever you know, I got to cling to that. I got to keep drinking more, keep drinking more to, to cultivate this thing from happening. And, and, you know, and, and the same thing applies to both of these, right? Is that we're judging them, right? We're judging the positive experience as being something good. And we're judging the negative experience as being something bad, but really they're only good or bad by our own judgment, right? Like, like we make them good or bad by our own judgment, Right. And, and if we can negate that judgment in those times and also pay attention in a non-judging way to all the times in between, then we just sort of, it, you know, we, we're able to then just accept whatever is going to happen. And, and, you know, and surely we can relieve our pain when we want to relieve our pain and we can get excited about things in our life when we want to get excited. But, but the key is that we have the control over that. We say, what we want to do here, not, you know, not just an automatic reaction because of, uh, you know, because the, um, you know, the, the medicine, the, the, the drug advertising is telling us that this is what we should be doing, you know, or, or because we're, we're worried that, you know, we're getting older and we haven't gotten married and we don't have kids. So therefore we have to cling on to this great date that we had last night because, because in doing that, you know, in a similar way that we're ignoring the damage that the that the drugs might be doing to our to our health in the in the service of in the conquest of relieving our pain you know likewise we might be ignoring things that you know warning signs about this person that we feel is like this great person we can't wait to date them more and more and more we could ignore the things that are you know that that are maybe telling us that wait a minute this is not the person for you you know, as much as you want to be in this relationship, this is not the person for you. And in fact, you're going to wind up causing yourself more suffering in the end than you would just by not having this person in your life, right? So anyway, again, I just wanted to kind of take a step back into the basics today and, and talk about, you know, the this is the reason why we do the mindfulness. This is the reason why we pay attention on purpose in the present moment, non-judgmentally, okay? Because all these other things, you know, are, you know, because, because these other things happen and we, we sort of, um, you know, we, we surrender our, our ability to, to be in control of our, of our emotions connected to these things. And, and when we can, when we can sort of separate our emotional, um, you know, you know, our emotional investment in the, the negative or the positive things that are happening in our lives, 
then we have more choice and we're in more control. And that, my friends, is the essence of emotional intelligence. All right. So, um, by the way, I wanted to mention to you that, you know, that, that this is real stuff. Like, again, I used to be the kind of person that if I had the slightest headache in the morning, I would, I would throw down, you know, three, three Advil in a heartbeat. Like, I wouldn't even think twice about it, you know. Uh, but last year, um, around maybe 14, 15 months ago, it was in the late spring of last year of 2018, I, I was in a bicycle accident wherein I broke my collarbone. I snapped the thing like it was a twig, <laughs> like literally, you know, there was like completely broken in half, this, this little bone, you know. And, um, and in the first couple of days, I definitely took, um, I took, a, a, you know, quite a bit of, I live in Colorado, so cannabis out here is legal. And so I got these little, you know, these pills and these lotions and stuff like that. And and I was definitely for the first few days relying on that to help me with the pain. But honestly, I don't know if I took any ibuprofen. You know, I took one in the emergency room because they just handed it to me, um, you know. But after that, I, I think maybe a few times I might have taken, you know, a few. But but just like I didn't fill the the, subscript, the uh, prescription that they gave me, I just took like a few Advil of what I had in my medicine chest. Um, and for the most part, I got through the entire... Uh, the entire recovery without any real, uh, you know, medication. After the first few days, I just decided to be present with it and, and I survived it, you know. And again, this is, I only tell you this story not to tell you like, oh, look how great I am, but, but how, how surprised I was at this because, you know, my entire life up till that point was, was, you know, was, was revolving around the fact that, oh my gosh, you have a pain, take something for it, you know? And so, so I just want you to understand that, that even though you might feel like there's no way you could ever get to that point, you can, you really can. And all it takes is a daily practice of mindfulness. Okay. Um, so, like I said before, if you'd like to get in touch with me to talk about any of this further, because it's, it's kind of a, a big subject and it's kind of hard for people to necessarily relate to this. Um, but if you would like to, to talk about how it could relate to your life and your subjectivity of your life, um, you know, get in touch with me. Okay. And also I can give you some really great practices that are written down. Uh, you can put them up on your refrigerator and you can, you know, practice them all the time. And if you do that within like a month or two, you're going to be on your way to, to doing these things that I talk about, you know, and to be able to have this control over your life and to be able to really celebrate the neutral times in your life as much as you do, the, as much as you celebrate the positive times and, 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 you know, and try to stop the negative times, right? Um, so if, you, if you're interested in that, you can get in touch with me in two ways, okay? Number one, send me an email, art at artburnscoaching.com. Very simple, very straightforward. The other way is to go to my website, artburnscoaching.com. And right there on the front, there's a big circle that says uh, virtual cup of tea. Click here. Um, I call it a virtual cup of tea because it's really, you know, when you sit down for a cup of tea with someone, even with yourself, you know, there's not an expectation of it, right? You're just sitting down to enjoy this tea, right? There's no strings attached. There's no, except for the string attached to the little tag of the, of the tea bag. Um, but there's no, those, there's no expectation of, of, you know, of compensation. There's no obligation of any kind. There's no, you know, no strings attached on that level. And so, and so that's why I call this a, a cup of tea. Like it's not, I'm not going to try to sell you into my program. I'm not going to try to, you know, tell you about how 
horrible your life is and how much you need my help. You know, these are tactics that people use, but I'm not one of those people. And so, so I'm really just here to make sure because the, the amount of time and effort I put into doing these podcasts, you know, even though nowadays I'm doing them in an unscripted way, which I'm loving, by the way, um, you know, I'm still putting in the time to do it, right? And, and putting in this time is an investment for me. And if I'm doing this and, and I know that even one person is not 100% clear about what I'm talking about and is not getting some of the benefits of what I'm, what I'm you know, of these practices, then, then to me it's a waste. And I'd rather spend another half hour, you know, to, to make sure that, that this doesn't happen, right? So, so if you have any questions at all or any concerns or any hesitations or blocks or whatever it is, you know, please feel, feel free to get in touch with me and let's see if we can talk it out and see what we can do to, you know, to clarify things and to get you onto this track. Because, you know, the other point of this is that, you know, I am living proof of all these things that I tell you about. Okay. And, you know, and like I said, like last year, I got through this really, really painful time with no medication at all, you know, and, and like, you know, and I just had some dental work done in the last couple of weeks where, you know, they, that deep cleaning of your gums where they go in and they, it's very, very painful. And I didn't take anything for it. <laughs> you know, um, I didn't even let her numb my, my mouth as much as she wanted to, you know, um, so, so, you know, so the, the point is that again, you know, you can attain this same level of control over your life and you do not have to live at the mercy of your own emotions and be motivated by those emotions, which are not necessarily true. All right. So if you're having any issues, get in touch with me. I'll help you figure it out. I promise. All right, everybody, I'll be back again tomorrow. And thank you again for spending the time with me and listening to this podcast. And I want you to know how inspired I am because there are people listening. And, uh, and last but absolutely not least, I want you to know that I wish you well. All right, everybody, have a great day. Be back again tomorrow.